worship with you. Thank you for giving us the honor and the privilege to be able to worship with you today. And we are so excited that you are here. So welcome. And I hope that you enjoy being able to worship with others in the presence of God. And isn't it a wonderful thing that we are able to live out of the light of God that is within us. His light is living and active within us and greater than anything else in this world and sharper than any double-edged sword. Isn't that a wonderful truth that we can live out of and live on, right? Amen? And it's just wonderful to be able to celebrate you guys, or celebrate with you guys today, that light that's living in each and every single one of you guys. Let's pray and worship God. Lord, thank you so much that you are the light that shines over our life. You are the light that chases every shadow out of every corner, God, of our lives, that there is no fear, there is no worry, there is no anxiety, there is nothing that can come against your truth, Lord. So thank you for allowing us to live out of the light of your truth and that you are the one, you are the one that sets every single step that we have to be ordained in that light of your truth, God. So thank you so much, and amen. All right, everyone, let's continue to worship.
So go over there and let us just get to know you. And if you're online watching today, we just say shout out, welcome. Can we give them a hoot? Yeah, hey. So, so glad. Welcome. We're so glad. And to y'all that are here in the seats, we say welcome. We're always so glad that you're here with us. And Pastor has an incredible word today, and I know you are going to be so blessed. No matter what we go through, we give thanks. So you're going to really, really be blessed with that. And announcements-wise, this Wednesday, can everybody say that with me? This Wednesday. This Wednesday, this guy, Dr. David Shaw, is going to be preaching in the downtown campus, not this one, at 6.30 in the downtown campus. It's really a cool place, so you want to come down there. And he is also um, an ex-Marine, and it's also Veterans Day the next day. So he's going to be speaking, and we're going to honor our veterans on on Wednesday with him speaking. So that's going to be a really cool, cool day. And then also, if your child is 0 to 16, we have some um, winter clothes, some fall clothes, some Christmas-type stuff that um, Carter's and child's children's place they donate all these clothes and our job is only to give them away so we're gonna have some tables set up so if you come Wednesday night you'll get a great word you'll get a good treat we'll have worship and we're gonna give away clothes so this Wednesday downtown 630 um, you want to be there it's gonna be a fun night that's gonna be so great I don't have my notes so I'm going off my head I'm not quite as good as Amanda she memorizes oh it's up here oh Thanksgiving Thanksgiving is coming up and if you you are in need of a meal 
and you just don't have it in your finance this year, if you would just let one of our team members know, just come up and say, hey, you know what, it's a little short. I, I, I kind of need some help with a meal. We'll have a turkey and some trimmings that go with that. You can tell us this week or next week and um, be here on that following Sunday to pick it up. So I think I'm getting it all. Is that good? All right. Y'all are awesome. And as pastor comes back up, we just want to say thank you so much. It was, they do pastor appreciation the month of October. And we just feel like it's all year round. You all are just so amazing to us. And we just feel like it's such a privilege and an honor that we get to be pastors of the greatest church in the world, which is Grace Church. So thank you for all of the gifts and the notes and the cards and the um, well wishes. Um, we just say thank you really from the bottom of our heart. We love y'all so much and we are so blessed. Amen. Give it up for Janie this morning. Give it up for yourself, the Lord. Praise God. Wow. Amen. Thank you, worship team. Uh, what a good worship set. Thank you again, uh, those of you, you know, just the cards and everything. Janie said is just amazing and just the, the fact that we get to pastor here is incredible. Um, God is so good, and thank you uh, all the time. God is good. Praise God. We still haven't quite got that really good, but we'll work on it. It's only been 14 years, so we'll, we'll get there. It's, we'll get there at some point. Yeah, Sandy does have it. Sandy has a good, Sandy's our number one cheerleader, I think. Praise God. Hey, thanks for coming out. Thanks for watching online. Thanks for all you do. I, gotta, I really do have a word uh, for you today. I do want to encourage you to come out Wednesday night. Dr. David Shaw, uh, uh, his wife, Julie, Janie and I have been friends for a long time, way back in Iowa, and he's in Colorado now. Uh, Marcus partners with him for Every Home for Christ. So it'll be a good word. Uh, once a Marine, always a Marine. He's a Marine. And so, again, the veterans say, but uh, we'll pray for the offering at the end. Think about Convoy Hope. Think, for, think about the RIP debt relief. Think about all the, the little reds, wagon, all the, all the stuff we got going on. Uh, so many good things. So uh, we, uh, the month of November, I think as long as I've been here, as long as I've been in full-time ministry, I thought it would be great just to take a month off and talk about being thankful. I mean, it's, it's my number one holiday because there's no commercialism. You know, it's not people don't really dress up as turkeys and walk around. Uh, we have, you know, jack-o'-lanterns and we have Halloween, we have Christmas, and Thanksgiving is kind of the Passover. It's, it's, it's missed. And, uh, you know, uh, maybe some of you already have your Christmas tree up. Uh, some of you have done some Christmas shopping and, and some of those things, and, and that's good. But I, I want us to be mindful to be thankful uh, to the king for all that he's done for us. And, and it becomes a, a gratitude is an attitude, becomes a spirit, though. It becomes, a, it becomes an involvement that, man, I, I can be thankful in all things. And we're going to talk about that today. There's, uh, next week we'll talk about thankfulness or gratitude as a character. And gratitude is a matter of the heart the week after that. We, we have some processes we're going to go through, but today... It's kind of like no matter where you're at, no matter what place you're in, what position you're in as far as uh, life circumstances go, you have reason uh, and you have the opportunity to give God thanks. Can we just take five seconds to give the Lord just a shout of praise? Would that be all right? It's, I mean, it's just, he's just worthy, right? He, he's worthy to be praised. And 
I grew up in a mainline denomination where they kind of took care of that praise for you, and it's good, but I love the idea that you have the right just to praise God, and you have the right to glorify God, and you have the right to pray for people, and you have the right, you have all these things, and yet there are emotional seasons that we walk through. There's times in our life that uh, things can just be heavy, and it's like, man, it's just, it's, it's, it becomes tough. And so in those times, sometimes it's easy, if we're not careful, to blame, like blame other people or blame God or blame, you know, society, blame the system, blame the government. And I think God would like us to flip the script a little bit, even if things aren't going the way we want them to, and just praise God and just be thankful. Just give a, a spirit of gratitude, a spirit of, of, of joy, and a spirit of, of thankfulness. So we're going to read out of Psalms, the 34th chapter. I'm reading out of the Message Bible today because I, I feel like these would almost be the words of David uh, in the Eugene Peterson translation. That David would almost be saying it just like this. He would be taking out the these and the thous, and he would just he, he's getting he's getting real with God. He says, "I bless God every chance I get." Now, I mean that that should be uh, it could be maybe is our first point. But if you don't take home anything else today, why not trying that the month of November? Uh, the next, whatever, how many ever days are left, the next 23 or 24 days, why not try blessing God every chance you get? Why not, why not being thankful to God just as you get up in the morning, as you go to bed at night, as you, as you wake up the next day, middle of the day? Why not just bless God every chance you get? My lungs expand with his praise. I live and breathe God. If things aren't going well, hear this and be happy. Join me in spreading the news. Together, let's get the word out. That word is thanksgiving. That word is gratitude. That word is, it's not just a four-day weekend. It's really being thankful for God for giving us breath every single day. God met me more than halfway. He freed me from my anxious fears. Look at him. Give him your warmest smile. Never hide your feelings from him. When I was desperate, I called out, and God got me out of a tight spot. God's angels set up a circle of protection around us while we pray. That's really important to know. Open your mouth and taste. Open your eyes and see how good God is. Blessed are you who run to him. Worship God if you want the best. Worship opens doors to all his goodness. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for your word. We thank you, Lord, for those watching online today, those in-house, those that were in the first service downtown. Those are at Sunny Valley today. We have so many good things that are taking place. God, I pray right now that you would just receive our thanksgiving, receive our worship. Not that we get anything exchanged. We know we do. But Lord, just so we can give you a thankful heart today, a thankful heart this whole month, that it will become a habit. In Jesus' name we pray. And the church said, amen. There's something about being thankful. There's something about being grateful. I, I love uh, uh, our four kids uh, for, they're, they're very thankful. Like uh, Janie will have the kids over for dinner, those that live in town. And they're always thanking after, after the meal. They're, they're, uh, they're very polite. Uh, they're, uh, our daughter that lives in, in Omaha, she's very gracious, very, very thankful. We had the opportunity, uh, our oldest grandson spent the night uh, Friday night, uh, and so uh, I said, <laughs> go take his pulse, make sure that he's still kick. It, it was like non, I mean, there was just, it was the easiest, I, like he could move in. 
It was just, I didn't even know he was there. But every time we said something or did something, they, they called me Poppy and, and Janie Grammy. Thank you, Poppy. Thank you, Grammy. I mean, I, it was, she'd, she'd make some pop. Thank you, Grammy. It, it was just, it's so refreshing to hear someone say thank you. It's refreshing to hear uh, gratitude in people. And if it's refreshing for us or it's refreshing to you, how refreshing is it for God to hear us say, thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Can we just give God a big, huge thank you? Just say, really, can we just say, thank you, God. Thank you, God. It's just, it's so, it's just, I think it warms the father's heart. Our, our little grandson, Cam, he watches online with his mom and dad. And, and Cam's a hundred mile an hour, or he, he doesn't stop. Uh, when, you, when he gets up at 7.30, he passes out around 9, 9.30 at night. But he's all go. But like if we'll send a little box or something, he always makes sure, or at least his mom does, that he calls and says thank you. And he could be miles apart. And that's, I, that's my point. You could be miles apart from someone, but with the social systems that we have now, you can say thank you. Or you could write a thank you card or a thank you note. And you could journal your thank yous to Jesus. You know, just if, if you don't journal, maybe think about it. Or even on your phone, hey, Jesus, thank you for, and try it this month. Well, David wrote Psalm 37, and it's a really cool backstory, but I want to pull a few things out for you today so that as you walk through life, you can have a gratitude and know it can be an attitude. If my attitude is such that I'm very thankful for different things, and I walk through this with a thankful heart in thanksgiving, all of a sudden, either things matter a whole lot less or God changes the tide of things. It's kind of still on him, but like uh, the scripture says, God met David over halfway. He'll, he'll meet you over halfway to that, in that situation that you're at. He'll meet you over halfway. You have, you have a, a lot of things going on. It's part of life. I have family members that have a lot of things going on in their life. And, and when I talk to them, sometimes you can feel the pain. And so you obviously hurt for them, right? But you know this, that when we are thankful and we do turn things over to God, God brings a certain supernatural peace. So I want to run through a couple things with you, and then we'll, we'll, uh, we'll walk through some really cool. The, the ending of my service here is really geared up. Jenny's going to sing it as well, and it's a powerful song. I'll give you the backstory before that, but I, I want you to, to prepare your hearts if you're going through something today that it doesn't mean that you can't be thankful for certain things in your life. Number one, regularly practice giving thanks. Regularly practice. See, David says, I bless God every chance I get. And I, and I, and I know that's kind of hard, but, you know, a lot of people get on Facebook every chance they get. Or a lot of people will check their Instagram every face they get, every chance they get. Or a lot of people will maybe text or call someone. None of those things are bad. They're, none of them are, are bad in, in and of themselves. But be careful what you replace with your thanksgiving to God. If you, uh, sometimes I don't even pray. I just give God thanks. Lord, I, I just thank you. And then the Holy Spirit starts to flood me with things that I'm thankful for. I'm thankful for my wife. I'm thankful for my, my kids. I'm thankful for their spouses. Thank you for, thankful for my, our grandbabies. I'm thankful for our church, Grace Church, the, the greatest church in the world as far as I'm concerned. I'm thankful for those that watch in line and tune in each week. I'm thankful for uh, Hickory and the surrounding areas. I, I just start to thank God for certain things. I'm thankful 
thankful for what he's blessed us with and who he's blessed us with and all the things that I know are not necessarily um, permanent because we're all passing through. But then I start to thank God for Jesus and the Holy Spirit and all those things. So regularly practice giving thanks to God because David looked for opportunities. I bless God every chance I get. That's insurmountable. And when David spoke this psalm, when he wrote it down, Psalm 34, he was having a battle with Achish, the king of the Philistines. And David was running from Saul. He had been anointed as the king, prophesied over by Samuel, and Saul took uh, offense to that. Saul tried to kill him. So David's running from him. And he says, I'm going to go hang out with the Philistines for a while. Well, the Philistines were, uh, were anti-Israel. They were an army. They were an enemy. And they knew he killed Goliath. He thought he could just blend in. And by the way, you can't blend in where you don't belong. You can't blend in where you don't belong. If, listen, some of those people you're hanging around with, if you don't belong with them, if they're not changing, if you're not changing them, they're changing you. It's okay to be an influence, okay? It's, it's sometimes bad to get influence. Well, David's hanging out with the Philistines, and all of a sudden they spot him. They say, hey, that's David. He's anointed to be the next king of Israel. What's he doing here? Is he going to spy on us? Is he going to kill us? And so Ankish thought, well, wait a second. We need to take care of this guy. He's a mighty warrior. David acted insane. He threw himself on the ground. He beat his head against the wall. He started to act like a crazy guy. And King Ankish said, I've got too many crazy to deal with now just let him go we're not going to deal with him anymore and sometimes life can be crazy sometimes life feels like it's overwhelming not one more day of this oh my goodness I don't know if I signed up for this and if you just thank God for the very situation that you're in and you find time to bless God and do what David did. I bless God every chance I get. Then David starts to write this psalm, I think almost as a, in remorse. I shouldn't have acted like a crazy man. I shouldn't have acted wild. I shouldn't have acted insane. I should have just blessed God in front of them every chance I got. And David then starts his journey of praising God, of writing psalms where he's giving God all glory, all honor, all praise, all thanksgiving in church, great church, those watching online, if we would understand this, that no matter any situation you go through, if you'll look for opportunities to say, bless God, what happens is faith releases in your heart. Okay, Faith is not of the head. You can't reason faith. Faith comes from the heart. But if I'm blessing God when a wife is deathly ill, if I'm blessing God when a son or daughter go through a surgery, if I'm blessing God when I've been laid off three or four times in my, in my career, if I'm blessing God in that area, if I'm saying, God, I praise you no matter what, all of a sudden that worship, verse 9, opens doors that God starts to use on your behalf. That, give God a shout of praise. That, somebody here needs to hear that. God will work for you as you bless him. Here's what God doesn't like. God doesn't like complaining. God's insulted by our complaining. He's insulted by the things that we complain about. In fact, the Israelites are complaining in the desert, Numbers 11 chapter, and the Bible says God hated it so much, he just rained fire down upon them. Now we translate it into the New Testament, and what's that mean? It means that our prayers go unanswered if we start complaining about our situation. 
God just, they go up to the heaven or they go up to the roof and they just fall right back down. Why? Because we don't have a thankful spirit. Everything Jesus did, he thanked God first. If it was a miracle, he thanked God and gave him glory. If he was breaking bread, he thanked God and gave him glory. If something happened, he thanked God and gave him glory. This is all for the Father, Jesus would say. Why? Because he, Jesus, even looked for opportunities to bless his Father and give him glory. Number two, be grateful regardless of your situation. No matter how things are, I've prayed a prayer nearly every day of my life. God, I thank you for things just the way they are. I know that your hands upon us, your blessings are over us, your love and joy and peace are going to rise up in us. I've prayed it every, I've just prayed nearly every day, but I mean it and I believe it. God, I thank you for things just the way they are. I know that I'm not perfect. I know this world's not perfect. There's a lot of imperfection in the world and people that are in the world, but God created them. God loves them. God needs them to receive his son, Jesus Christ. And so God, I thank you where you've placed me. I thank you what you're doing with me. I think, and I thought that when I didn't have a job. I thought that when I was in full-time ministry. I thought that when things weren't working out. I thought that when, when I needed certain miracles. Praise God and be grateful in every situation. In fact, David says this, if things aren't going well, you don't have to raise your hand, but maybe you're here today and things aren't going so well. Maybe it's just, yeah, man, it's, it's, not, it's not working out the way I thought it over X amount of years of, of this life or X amount of years of this marriage or X amount of years of, of growing through or going through school or college. Did I, did I do this? Was this my plan? Is this what I hope to be at 30 or 40 or 50 or 60 or 70 or 10 or 12 or 15? Be grateful of your situation because God can use you in that situation. In uh, Acts, the 16th chapter, Paul and Silas were going through the streets of Jerusalem and sharing the good news. They were taking over Sabbaths at the, at the temple. They were asked to speak, and sometimes Paul would speak for three days straight. Now, you think I'm long-winded. How about if we started today and didn't end until Wednesday at noon? And they shut the doors and locked you in, and you couldn't go anywhere. <laughs> Pastor, Paul was that way. Paul's preaching. Paul devoted his whole life to the Lord. Paul was shipwrecked. He was beaten before his life. He was turned on from those that loved him. He was turned on from those that hated him. He had the care of the churches. All these, Paul was a warrior. And Paul got thrown in jail quite frequently. Well, one time he's in jail, and he's in stocks and bonds, not the financial kind, like stocks and bonds. He's in stocks and bonds. Fulte, come up here for a second, will you? Can you be with me? Just sit right here on the platform. Yeah, right here. This is Fultz. For, he, he's their drummer. He's a, you're a good drummer too, man. Yeah, I've seen you grow, right? You guys have been here for 11 or 12 years? Wow, that's a long time. Grab your ankles. Well, do, do the pants are tight. Just do the, it's okay. So we don't want any, it's, this is being videoed, so. All right, so. Listen, when I say they were in prison, this is how they were in prison. The prison was only this tall. They were handcuffed to their ankles, okay? There's rats running all around him and over him. And then he's got like all kind of stuff in the cell. So he's over here and Paul's over on this side. I'm not as young as you, man. <laughs> Dear Lord, sometimes it's hard just to get down. All right, I'll grab an ankle. I'll, I'll preach while I'm grabbing the ankle. So I'm Paul, and he's Silas. And Paul, they're in prison. Like, 
Sometimes we think when we work for God, bad things shouldn't happen. Why are bad things happening? Because you're working for God. <laughs> why, why does the enemy hate you? Because he hates you because you love God. Why, why is there such a challenge? Because you're probably anointed by God to do a work, and the enemy knows that, and you're just trying to figure it out. Life can be hard sometimes. Prison cells right here. Rats are running both over us, and he's in one cell. I'm in the other. I'm Paul. He's Silas. And Paul looks over to Silas and says, hey, Silas. He says, Paul says, I think we should praise God. I ain't sure. I'm not sure what Silas said back. I don't know. Maybe that's a good idea. Yeah, that's a good idea. That's a good idea. It's like, why not? We're just in prison. We're chained to our ankles. There's rats running all over us. Why not praise God? Why praise God? Most of us in Western civilization would not be praising God. God, why'd you make this happen? Why'd you put me here? Why is this happening to us? Poor, poor, pitiful me. They start to praise God, and they're singing a song. And I think they're singing. Here's what I think they're singing. What do you, you want to know what I think they're singing? You know U2's version of Psalm 40, Up Out of the Miry Clay? They play, they play that song over 1,800. You've never heard that song? Dear Lord, yeah, he knows it. He sings it well. He's downstairs in middle school. I'd have him sing it right now with his guitar. It's a beautiful song, U2's version. Go home and Google it. U2's version, Bono's song, U240, Up Out of the Miry Clay. And he, and he starts to sing it. And I think they started to sing that song. And the Bible says, stay there, sit there. Oh, I'm, I'll have to help you up. And the, and, the, and the Bible says that it seemed as though it was at midnight. And at midnight, and every time in, the, in, the, in our life, sometimes we come to a midnight, and our, it's like, oh, man, God, it can't get any worse than this. When it can't get any worse than your situation, that's when you want to praise God the most. That's when you want to be the most thankful. So Paul tells Silas, Silas, we got to praise God. And Silas says, yes, we do. This is the time. Let's praise God. So they start praising God. And the Bible says at midnight, all of a sudden, suddenly, See, we look for suddenly moments when we could actually create suddenly moments. We look for God when we should be asking God and thanking God. We're saying, God, where are you? And he's saying, hey, son, if you would just be thankful for the position I've put you in, you'll see the miracle in it. And you never get a miracle or a testimony without the test. That's powerful. Now, you got to stay this way for three more weeks because that's how long they were in jail for. And then they're praising God, they're being thankful, and then the Bible says the stocks and bonds fell off. You're free. And the doors opened. Now, in Roman culture, if the prisoner escaped or was set free, the soldier had to kill himself because they would be crucified on the street. And so all the doors open, and Paul and Silas are still just sitting there because it's only four foot tall, all right? They're sitting there, and the soldier pulls out a sword because he thinks they're going to escape. And Paul says, wait. The soldier says, what? He said, we're not, we've not escaped. We're still here. Well, how come you're not running through? Because we're already free in Christ. You see, nothing can bind you if God has you free. Whom the Son sets free is free indeed. And so he says, no, don't kill yourself. And so the, the centurion soldier says, wait a second, what must I do to be saved? What must, stay there, what must I do to be like you? 
You can't go free because Paul hasn't allowed us to. The next day, the centurion takes him to the, to the judge, and he says, basically, you got to free these guys. Go ahead and give Fultz a, a hand here. Need help up? You do a backflip. Good job, man. Socks and bonds with me. And regardless of the situation, regardless of what you're going through, you have to find an opportunity to thank and bless God. Thank you, God. And not sarcastic, you know, I'll sometimes, I'll thank you, Jesus, you know, thank you for this red light, eight minutes in Hickory. Longest red lights in the world. Just use that eight minutes to praise God in true fashion. Thank you, God. The person that pulls out in front of you and decides to drive 10 miles slower than the speed limit, don't honk. Thank you, Jesus. You must know that there's something up there that I just need to avoid. Thank you, God. I need to pre I'm preaching to myself right now. There was, there was one this morning. I'll tell you what, it did everything. I, just, I was restraining my hand from honking, partly because I have a Grace Church bumper sticker I'm going to take off on my car. So that when I speed around them, they, <laughs> it's like, who's that crazy? Oh, Grace Church. Yeah, that must be the pastor. He, find a situation in your life, even if there's something that doesn't seem good or healthy, or right. And now, again, I'm not, I'm not saying this is like brain power. I'm just saying, no, God, thank you. I know, and here's what I, God, thank you because I know you're going to work it out. God, I thank you because I know you're going to bring them to Lord. God, I thank you because I know you're going to bring healing. God, I thank you because if it wasn't healed, I know they're healed now in heaven. God, I thank you for hearing my prayer. God, I thank you for answering my prayer on your behalf, on the way you want it. Find a reason. Find an opportunity. Paul and Silas were praying praising God, singing, a, I think, Psalm 40, singing a song, and gushering in the presence of God. And if we do that, we'll have a suddenly moment. All of a sudden, those doors will be unlocked. And just like David says in Psalms 34 and 9, your worship will open doors that no person can shut. God will open those doors for you, and the floodgates of heaven will open. Give the Lord one more shout of praise. Come on, we're going to get in the habit of doing that. Third, third thing, praise God. All is well. He says, give him your warmest smile. I love the way Eugene Peterson says that in his translation. Just give him a, a warm smile. I love walking into Grace Church, and all the people are smiling. The ushers are smiling. The greeters are smiling. The coffee people are smiling. The line out the door waiting for coffee, they're all smiling. Everybody's happy, and I'm thinking, that's a beautiful thing. When you see someone smile, it becomes contagious. We're, Janie and I were watching a show last night, and for some reason, I just kind of had a, a happy spirit. I was, I was laughing, you know? And, and it's just like it, was, it, it wasn't even funny, and I just started laughing. And then she started laughing, and I said, you it's funny, right? No, I'm laughing at you. I think you're funny. There's nothing, there's no reason to laugh. And I just, just had a, a funny spirit come over me. I was laughing. But the cheerful heart does the heart good. And when we, when we are happy and when we do smile, it's easy to give God thanks. So you, every now and then in your heart or outwardly, you just got to give God a warm smile. God, I know you're in control. I'm thankful that you're in control. Man, I wouldn't want God's job. I'm just one of 8 billion people, 7.8 billion people, and I think I keep them full time. So can you imagine what, what it's like? But if you'll just give him a, a smile that says, all is well, you know the story, or maybe you don't. I'll tell you briefly in 2 Kings, there's a Shunammite woman 
who uh, was married and had no children, she would let the prophet stay at her house. So one day the prophet got out of his prayer time and came down and said, a woman, you have no children. He said, no, we're, we're buried. He said, this time next year when I come back, you'll have a child, you'll have a little son. And so she, was, she told her husband, and, and so the husband's like, well, well, we'll see what, you know, if the prophet's a prophet or not. So a year later, she bore a son. She had a little child. That child then grew, and two years later, that child died. And so the uh, woman, the Shumanite woman, ran to get the prophet Elisha's helper, Gehazi, and say, I need to see that prophet. And so the Gehazi went to see the prophet and said, wait a second, go back and find out what the deal is. And so he ran back and said to the Shumanite woman, is, is everything okay? Is everything okay? And she said, all is well. And he said, is everything okay with your husband? She said, all is well. Is everything okay with you? She said, all is well. Is everything okay with your child? And she said about the dead child laying in his bed, all is well. All is well even though it was prophesied over her to have a child, a son, she spoke it right back to the prophet and said, he, basically, he's going to be well. He's all, it's all is well. And so sometimes we have to start calling those things out as though they were, even if they aren't right yet. We have to use our voice to declare, Father, it is well. Because why? Not because I'm in charge or you're in charge, but because he's in charge. And whenever God's in charge, it's a, it's a done deal. God, God is on the throne. He, he's the king of the thing. He's, he's, the, he's, he's in charge of everything. And so we have to understand when we say all is well, it's a faith statement. We're not disregarding the conditions that maybe the doctor said or the attorney said or somebody in charge said. We're saying simply, I believe that all this is well. It's going to work out. All is well. And so the Shumanite woman said that. All is well. And so Gehazi went back to Elisha, and Elisha said, well, I need to come. So the woman came and she said, that son that you promised me is dead. I need you to heal him. You gave me the promise. I want you to pray. I believe it's all as well. So the Elisha the prophet prayed for, the, the young boy, his life and breath were returned to him, and then truly all was well. But she spoke it out. She didn't complain. She didn't point fingers. She wasn't mad at God. She wasn't mad at the prophets. She wasn't mad at anybody. She actually spoke life into this thing, and then she prophesied just like the prophet prophesied. There is times where you can prophesy over your situation where you know God will hear it. When you prophesy preface it by saying, God, I know all is well because you're in control. I know all is well because you're in charge. I know all is well because you're the authority, the supreme authority. In fact, the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 11 chapter, one of our communion verses that we take, it's the Lord's Supper. That word Lord is the supreme authority to make whole the supreme authority to work things out, the supreme authority to be in charge. We're giving God, who doesn't need our permission, but we're giving God that authority that says, God, you have, I submit my whole life to you, everything, physical, spiritual, financial, mental, emotional, relational, I submit my life to you, and I ask, Father, Lord, it is well, would you work it out? I want to give you thanks in advance. This is, a, this is a teaching that the church needs because we always want something for God. God wants everything from us. He wants us to submit every 
part of our being for him. And if we do that and we come to him with an attitude of gratitude, we come to him with praise in our heart and thanksgiving, no sarcasm, no cynicism, no, no criticism, no pointing the finger, no complaining, none of that. And we just simply come to God and say, God, here I am. Use me as a vessel. I know all is well. Then those promises that God has for your life don't become empty. You become impregnated by them and God starts to use you in miraculous ways. Why? Because you've allowed God and your being to be part of his master plan. Last but not least then, as bad experiences can produce good outcomes with gratitude. He, David said, when I was desperate, I called out. When I was desperate. You ever been desperate? I mean, have you ever had a situation in your life where, man, I just don't know if it's going to work out. I don't know how it's going to work out. You don't have to figure it out. Sometimes we get in the place where we want to, we want to figure things out. We gotta, I got I to gotta get this thing. I got I, I, I to gotta figure out what's the right thing. We don't have to do that. When I was desperate, I called out to God. When I was desperate, I put myself in, in the Lord's way. In fact, David goes on to say after that sixth verse, when I was desperate, I started to worship, and those doors started open. I started to know that God had an angel around about me. He was protecting me. I started to understand that God is in charge, and it's his way, and it's his will. God, I know what's going on. I look at some of the, the really big figures in, in humanity today and, and in our history of the United States. Do you know that Steve Jobs, uh, who started um, Apple Computer, and Jeff Bezos, who started Amazon, were both adopted? Their parents did not want them at birth. Walt Disney, probably one of the greatest creative minds ever, and Oprah Winfrey, one of the, the strongest journalism minds ever, were both fired for, from their jobs for doing exactly what they do. Walt Disney wasn't creative enough. Go figure. And Oprah Winfrey was fired from her job in Baltimore because she wasn't a good enough journalist. Well, $2 billion later, it worked out pretty good for her. Think about that, R.K. Rawlings and Theodore Geisel, who is better known as Dr. Seuss, each were turned down 26 times on their books. In fact, R.K. Rawlings' husband left her and she was living in her car with manuscripts in the back seat in the trunk where her kids were in the back seat, trying to go from bookstore book to bookstore to, to a printing house, printing house to, to see who would take it. Abraham Lincoln was bankrupt seven different times and never won one election until he was voted the president of the United States of America. Failure could be all around you, but the Bible says in Proverbs, a righteous man or woman falls seven times but gets up every one. See, unless you put the back down, it's the only time you really strike out. In, 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 in the scriptures, in the gospel, in life, bad experience can really produce good exalts. Christ went to the cross, really horrible experience. Salvation for all of us, really, really good exalt, uh, results. Come on back, worship team. I'm going to give you a, a story or two. We'll get ready here in a moment to, to close. There was a man in 1871 named Horatio Sapford. Horatio Sapford was an attorney, a well, a really good attorney, and he lived in Chicago, and he owned a lot of real estate. Well, uh, 150 years ago uh, in Chicago in 1871 was one of the worst fires ever in Chicago history and really destroyed most of the town. Well, uh, Horatio Sapford 
lost his business, his law practice, lost all his real estate holdings, and they didn't have insurance regulations, rules, and laws like they do today. So everything he had was just gone. He was married and had a, a wife, a son, and four children. At that same time, his uh, son uh, contracted a scarlet fever and died. And so Horatio Stafford and their family was just beside himself. He lost his business. He lost all his real estate holdings. He lost his son. It's like, man, the city is burning up. It's all gone. So he put his wife and four children on a train to New York so they could take a boat over uh, to England. They were going to take, uh, take a month off or so and, and spend time in London. And so... Uh, on the way there, there was a huge storm, and the boat that his wife and four daughters were on crashed with another boat, and that boat sank. His four precious daughters all died. The wife got to England and said, uh, saved and all alone, what should I do? And I, I, what, what, what would you do? I mean, what could you do? So Horatio Sapford got on a train, went to New York, got on a boat, and crossed over the Atlantic into England. And when he was halfway over the Atlantic, the ship's captain slowed the vessel down and said, Mr. Sapford, I know what happened to your four daughters. I'm so sorry. This is the place where they perish. And Horatio Sapford History tells us, didn't cry, didn't point fingers, didn't whine or moan. He simply penned these words. When peace like a river attendeth my way, when sorrows like sea billows roll, whatever my lot that has taught me to know, it is well, it is well with my soul. I want you to stand with me this morning. Now maybe... Your story parallels Horatio Safford's. Or maybe your story's not that bad. Fifteen years ago, Janie got a call from one of her parents about a cousin that lived in Kansas City, Missouri. And that cousin, really, really good people. Cousin's only son. Cousin's only daughter. And the cousin's only two grandchildren brutally murdered that night by an ex-son-in-law. And her cousin, the mother of all them, was the one to find the, the, the family in, in the house when the, when the girl didn't report for work. When we went to the funeral, two of the caskets they couldn't even open, and two of them had nets over them because the, the brutality of the murder and the crime. And when we talked to the husband and wife, the parents and grandparents of the fallen they said there was a supernatural peace that came over them and the only thing they could say is it is well it is well with my soul and so maybe you're here today and you're just walking through some stuff maybe you're here today and hey Gary you and Jerry can you come up here Gary and Jerry come up here I need some prayer partner and uh, charity and Amanda could you come up here just stand up here for a moment. Jenny's going to sing the song, It Is Well, and she's going to do it Southern Gospel style where there's a lot of soul. And I want you to feel it today because whether you're going through that spot or not, inevitably all of us go through seasons in our life where we just have to know it is well. 
But if you need prayer today, you've been, you're there. It's like, hey, it's maybe not some brutality crime or some murder or loss of a loved one, although it could be. You just need someone to agree with you today that says, you know what, it, it is well. It is well with my soul. We want to take an opportunity just to pray with you and pray for you. So in a moment, I'm going to pray, and then Janie's going to sing that song. And if you need prayer about anything, for any reason, I want you to come see some of these folks and just agree with prayer with them. We believe in the power of agreement, the power of prayer. The power of thanksgiving precedes that to say, Father, open up your heart, open up your ways, open up your mind. Father, we learned in your word today that if we worship you and give you thanks, Lord, that you come in. You surround us with your love. You surround us with your joy and your peace. You surround us with happiness and goodness. You surround us with joy. You surround us with miracles of being. So, Father, we pray right here and right now, Lord, for those that might be hurting, for those that might have uh, something they're going through in their life that they just don't know. They, they can't figure it out. Lord, it's not meant for them to figure out. We give you thanks today. We give you honor, glory, praise, and thanksgiving. We know you are the King of kings and the Lord of all glory, the bright morning star. You are the ruler of the heavens and the earth. So we thank you and submit ourselves to you today. But if there's one or two or three here hurting today, Lord, that need, Father, Lord, just a prayer of agreement, we stand here with them to agree all is well, even though it doesn't look like it, all is well, knowing that, Father, you are in charge. So as we agree, as we pray, Father, today, you open the heavens. You send that angel to, to surround them, Father. Lord, you open the heavens and bring, Lord, a spirit of grace and thanksgiving upon each one. In Jesus' name we pray.
the day when my faith shall be signed. Oh, the clouds are gonna be trust you receive that word today and I ask you this whole month just have a spirit of thanksgiving a spirit of gratefulness a spirit of gratitude and if you need prayer uh, each and every week at some point in time during or after the service we'll have prayer people to pray with you so uh, we're going to bless the offering we're closing prayer thank you for coming out be mindful of who Jesus is in your life Father we thank you so much pray for the gift and the giver today. We pray for the offering. We pray for, Lord, just we thank you in advance for the blessings, Lord, that you cause, Lord, the Grace Church people, those in-house, those online. We pray a special blessing upon each and every one, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for who you are in all of our lives. Bless each person this week. Let them have the best week yet. Father, bless us, use us, keep us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God bless you. We love you. We'll see you Wednesday night at 630. Thank you for joining us for today's service. If God is impacting your life through this ministry, join us in reaching others by investing today. You can give at www.gracechurch.tv give or by downloading the app and select give. We can't wait to see you next week.